You're listening to The Living Word with Danny Hodges of Calvary Chapel Fellowship in St. Pete. There's a specific plan and there's a general plan. The specific plan is whether or not you're an apostle, prophet, pastor, teacher, evangelist, or just one that's trained by them and serving in whatever capacity God leads you and equips you for. And you'll only be responsible at the judgment seat of Christ for what he's called you for. If he hasn't called you to be an apostle, he doesn't expect you to be an apostle. If he hasn't called you to be a pastor and preacher, teacher like me, he doesn't expect you to do that. So there's a specific call then there's a general call, and the general is for all of us. Each and every member of the body of Christ has a calling. Some are called to be pastors, teachers, apostles, evangelists, you name it, and someone's called to it. With each of those callings comes a special gifting that enables that person to live into their calling. So in today's message, Pastor Danny will encourage you to seek out your own calling. Look where the Lord has given you opportunities. Look where you're gifted and find where you can be used by the Lord for the work of His Holy Kingdom. Now here's Pastor Danny in the book of Mark, chapter 3, as he continues his message, Jesus' Call and Commission. says Pilate was even more afraid and God even gave his own wife Pilate's wife a dream about Jesus as an additional testimony but he stood before the crowd he washed his hands and he said I'm innocent of this man's blood don't you wish it were that easy I don't find any fault in him I don't find I don't have anything against him yeah but you're not for him Jesus said if you're not for me you're against me so I don't really have anything against Jesus but are you for him if you're not for him, you're against him. So wait a minute, I go to church. And that's not the question. Many are called. Few are chosen. Chosen based upon the foreknowledge of God because he knew those that would say yes. And if you've been putting it off, I encourage you strongly, do not put it off anymore. Today's the day. Now is the time. And then there's their character. Not just their calling, but their character. Maybe you've heard it before, but it's still good to hear again. It's fictitious, but it has a point. It's called, what if Jesus had used a consulting firm? Supposedly from the Jordan Management Consultants in Jerusalem. Written to Jesus, thank you for submitting the resumes of the 12 men you've picked for management positions in your new organization. All of them, you have now taken the complete battery of our test. We've not only run the test... Uh, run the results through our computer, but also arranged personal interviews for each of them with our psychologist and vocational aptitude consultant. It's the opinion of our staff that most of your nominees are lacking in background, education, and vocational aptitude for the type of enterprise you're undertaking. They do not have the team concept. And if you study their lives, you know that's true. 
We would recommend that you continue your search for persons of experience with managerial ability and proven capability. Simon Peter is emotionally unstable, given to fits of temper. Andrew has absolutely no qualities of leadership. Two brothers, James and John, sons of Zebedee, place personal interest above company loyalty. Remember, Jesus, let us sit at your right and your left. Don't care about the rest of the guys. Thomas demonstrates a questioning attitude. That would tend to undermine morale. We feel it's our duty to tell you that Matthew has been blacklisted by the Greater Jerusalem Better Business Bureau. <laughs> James, son of Alphaeus, and Thaddeus definitely have radical leanings. They both registered a high score on the manic depressive scale. Nathaniel, Nathaniel lapses into periods of daydreaming. You didn't get that one. You have to study his life. Doesn't tell us much, but it tells us enough. One of the candidates, however, shows great potential. He's a man of ability, resourcefulness, meets people well, has a keen business mind, contacts in high places. He's highly motivated, ambitious, and responsible. We recommend Judas Iscariot to be your treasurer and your right-hand man. All of the other profiles are self-explanatory. We wish you success in your new venture. These guys... What an unlikely bunch. What an imperfect bunch. These guys, listen, they have issues. They have issues that need to be dealt with. If they're going to be successful in life as followers of Jesus, if they're going to be successful in their mission, they have issues. But listen to this. He calls them with the issues. Here's what some people think. And they believe this. They think, I'd like to follow the call of God, but you don't understand. I, I got these issues. I got this habit, and I got this habit, and there's this wrong with me. You know, and this is the first time I've darkened the doors of church. You know, and I'm afraid the walls are going to fall down. You know, and they kind of all these crazy thoughts. The roof's going to collapse. You know, let me let you in on something. We're all dysfunctional. We all got issues. And the wonderful Savior and the wonderful God. He doesn't say, well, look, you got to clean this up and do this and go to church a little bit. Get a few, you know, months under your belt first, and then, then maybe I can use you. Then I'll call you. No. He said, look, I love the line in the one song, come just as you are, and whosoever will, let him come. No way do you get all the issues dealt with. Here's the wonderful thing. If you'll just, by faith, follow the call, take the step. He'll not only forgive you and cleanse you and make you a new person, then he'll begin to deal with the issues. And he does it from the inside out, not from the outside in. By the way, if you think you're going to fix all the issues, how you been doing lately? Very successful? No, and you never will be. You can sit and say, oh, I'm just never going to do that again. Go to all the classes you want, anger management. It's not going to work. Jesus is the only one that can help you. And I'm not talking about, I'm talking about more than just getting the anger under control. He's the only one that can change you and save you and forgive you and cleanse you. And he's the only one that can make you really godly. But when he calls, when he calls, he says, look, come just like you are. <laughs> 
And we'll go to the third point. But let me say before we go to the third point, isn't it amazing? You, you, you realize the issues these guys have and Jesus calls them and then he designates 12. He designates them apostles. <laughs> this is his starting lineup. This is the team that the Super Bowl of Christianity is riding on. What a God we serve. So there's their calling. There's their character, last but not least, their commission. And there are three parts in the text, three essentials, if they're going to be successful in the commission. What's an apostle? It's a delegate. It's a messenger. It's one sent forth with orders. Now, again, these guys are just like us except for their particular designation. But apostles, Ephesians tells us apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, evangelists are given to the church to train the church so that they might go out and do good works. It's interesting, you study the New Testament, and when Jesus gives the great commission to these guys first, go into all the world and preach the gospel, none of these 12 guys went into all the world and preached the gospel. It says when the persecution happened, Acts chapter 8, all except the apostles were scattered. You know who went into all the world? Others that they had been examples to and trained by through the teaching of the Word of God, etc., etc. God was looking to designate these guys, and they'd just be the beginning, and they'd disciple others who disciple others who disciple others who disciple others. And that's come all the way here to St. Petersburg, Florida, even to Pinellas Park. That's grace. These guys didn't enter a contest. They didn't fill out an apostolic application. They didn't aspire to the designation that Jesus gives them. They were not nominated for the position. They were sovereignly chosen and then designated. And it's another message all in itself. But please understand, it's God's sovereign plan individually for each one of us. There's a specific plan and there's a general plan. The specific plan is whether or not you're an apostle, prophet, pastor, teacher, evangelist, or just one that's trained by them and serving in whatever capacity God leads you and equips you for. And you'll only be responsible at the judgment seat of Christ for what he's called you for. If he hasn't called you to be an apostle, he doesn't expect you to be an apostle. If he hasn't called you to be a pastor and preacher, teacher like me, he doesn't expect you to do that. So there's a specific call. Then there's a general call, and the general is for all of us to go into our world or wherever he leads us, and we're given a message. We're messengers, and we're given orders, go into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. Three essentials if we're going to be successful, and they're right in the text. You know what the first one is? Right in the text that they might be with him. I want you to notice that's the first thing mentioned. Not that they might be sent out, that they might be with him. And you will not be successful if you miss this one. Now, I could do a lot on this one, and I, I do wish I had more time, but I don't have the time, so we'll take the time we have, and I believe it'll be sufficient for now. Some people think, again, erroneously, wrongly, but sincerely, they, they just don't understand. That's what I really need, for Jesus to be physically with me. And if he's physically with me, then I'll become a real committed disciple. No, you won't. Because every one of us have the privilege of being with him. In a real sense, not in a physical sense. We will be physically with him one day, if you know him as Savior. And I'm certainly looking forward to that day. 
But let me tell you something. I was with him this morning. I'm not boasting. I'm just telling you, I was with him this morning. Just me and him. There's another whole message, too, that if you're not with him, not only personally, but also in the context of small group, you'll never be sanctified fully. Because it's interesting, the text, and I, I can't get off on this rabbit trail, but for them to be with him. There's a personal aspect of being with him. There's also that small group because they never be molded and shaped in the image of Jesus because they were fighting and arguing over who's the greatest. They did it repeatedly. How are they going uh, to learn to, to forgive one another, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, unless they did it in the context of personal relationship, but that they might be with him. I was with him this morning. John 14, 18. Let me just give you that scripture. They're in my notes online if you miss something. But John 14, 18. It's the context there of the Holy Spirit being sent to all those who are followers of Jesus Christ. And he says there to these apostles, John 14, 18. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. And it's the context of the Holy Spirit. So in a very real sense... The ministry of the Holy Spirit, it's the spirit of, and described in some verses as the spirit of Jesus. The church of Laodicea, here's Jesus, here's what he says to him. I stand at the door, here I am, I stand at the door, and I knock. Now let me just pause there. He's a gentleman. He'll never crash your party. He may crash your party to get your attention, to, get your, to come over and become a follower. He may do that. But after you become a follower, he, let me tell you what, he's, a, he's such a gentleman. He's a gentleman anyway. But for the one who really knows him, that doesn't want to really get close to him, like we sang, he says, here I am, I stand at the door. If you will open the door, if anyone opens the door and hears my voice, hears my voice, opens the door, I'll come in and I'll eat with him and he with me. And that, that's, that's intimacy, that's fellowship. And it's a very real thing. I experienced it this morning. And this guy's a little weird. I just, you know, he just, he is, he is. And he said, you tell you, I had an experience with the Lord. It, 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 was it, do you get tingly and that kind of thing? I, I'm like, well, God can do that, but he didn't do that for me this morning. You know, it's, well, two things you need, especially one is the word of God to spend time with the Lord. The word of God, you need the word. But he wants fellowship with us more, more than we want it with him. He wants to be with us even more than we want to be with him. That's what that verse indicates. He says, I'm standing at the door knocking. If you just open the door, I'll come in. That's not an evangelistic message. It can be used evangelistically, but that's speaking to the church. Second essential. And by the way, when we're with him on a regular basis, that's, that's all scripture God breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the man, woman of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. That's why it's important to be with him before you go out. Be with him. Be with him. Be with him. I'm very thankful that yesterday and uh, today, both mornings that I was with the Lord, uh, they were both very sweet. And let me tell you what I mean by that. And I, I got to say it quickly and move on. Uh, sometimes they're not sweet. Because sometimes I get rebuked. And if you've never been rebuked by the Lord, you've never been really loved by the Lord. But yesterday and today, he had nothing negative to say to me. Those are wonderful times. <laughs> Those are the ones you write down. Boy, I remember this one. But it's time with him. That's what equips you. He said, I'm the vine, you're the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he'll bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Now, 
I didn't mean, you know, you can have a great skill at oratory and you can build a church. You can know marketing schemes and all that kind of stuff. But in terms of really doing something of eternal value, Jesus says, unless it's, unless it's me, you're a clanging symbol. You know, you, you can do things, but, it, but it's not of eternal value. It's not really me. I just finished Daniel Henderson's new book, his best book yet. I want to get it in the hands of every pastor I know. Old paths, new power. He says, if everything you do is explainable by natural giftings, then at your funeral, people will likely give you credit for your accomplishments. But if God is doing things through you that are impossible with men, then at your funeral, your friends are likely to give God the credit. The Spirit wants to glorify Jesus in your life, not you. Live today with your eulogy in mind, asking God to do through you what only he can get credit for. I want the summation of my life to be the words of Zechariah the prophet, not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Amen. I get personally motivated when I spend time with the Lord. My utmost for his highest, great devotional. I've read through it many, many times. February 23rd is one of those nuggets of encouragement for me that I've never forgotten. And I thought about in light of this message. He says in the middle, the mainspring of Paul's service is not love for men, but love for Jesus Christ. If we're devoted to the cause of humanity, we shall soon be crushed and brokenhearted, but we shall often meet with more ingratitude from men than we would from a dog. But if our motive is to love God, no ingratitude can hinder us from serving our fellow man. What a true statement. What an encouraging statement. It's my time alone with the Lord that gives me that encouragement, that motivation, that equipping to go out. And that's the final point. That he might send them out to preach. And some of you are going, well, I'm off the hook on that one because I'm not a preacher. The word preach means to be a herald. You know what it says when the apostles were remaining in Jerusalem and the other believers scattered because of the persecution, Acts chapter 8? It says, those who were scattered, here's what it says, preach the word wherever they went. These aren't trained speakers. These are not apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, evangelists. Some of them became those things. But just the general population of the church went and preached. It means to proclaim. They heralded the message wherever they were and whatever they were doing. And please don't miss this. It's more than the specific gospel that is our witness that is the ultimate goal, to share Jesus Christ, his death, burial, resurrection. That's the only message that can see someone saved. But our witness goes beyond that specific message. Whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus. Now pause there for just a minute. Almost out of time, but I got enough to share this. That doesn't mean every time you do something, say, I'm doing this in the name of Jesus. You know what you'll become? You'll become more weird than Christians already are, and you won't become like Jesus, because Jesus ain't like that. Don't make, don't make us look like that, because that's not the way Jesus is. Please, I mean that in all sincerity. Don't go around just always saying, oh, I'm doing this in Jesus' name. That, that's not what Je Jesus didn't do that. I'm doing this in the Father's name. That, come on. It means you do it. That's your motivation giving thanks to God the Father through him. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart is working for the Lord, not for men, since you know that you'll receive an inheritance from the Lord. It's the Lord Christ you're serving. So listen, listen, very practical. If you're flipping burgers, be the best burger flipper they got. So that when I eat the burger, I'll go, man, 
Christian must have flipped this. You want the witness to be that the way you work gives testimony that you're not working so much for the burger company, you're working for Jesus. They pay the money to pay the rent, etc., but it's Jesus you'll ultimately get the greatest reward from, and it's much better than that paycheck, and it's much more than that paycheck. Hallelujah so that they might be with him and that he might send them out. And then last but not least, and to have authority to drive out demons. Now, some of us may learn something on this last point, so don't go to sleep on this last one. I understand that technically um, what we think about with them casting out demons is somebody like Legion who has all these demons, you know, and there are people like that. Or maybe they just got a handful. But did you realize every person that doesn't know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior is devil-possessed? Did you know that? Say, I didn't know that. Well, that's true. You say, prove it, okay? As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit, the spirit, the spirit who is now at work in those in those who are disobedient. From that verse, I can say conclusively, every person that doesn't know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior is devil-possessed. They may not be demon-possessed, like technically we see somebody demon-possessed, but listen, they have the spirit of the enemy in them. And it's only the gospel message that can drive that spirit out and replace that spirit with the spirit of Jesus. And here's one more thing. Please, this is very practical. Our priority is not casting out demons. Our priority is to herald the message. And as we herald the message, the gates of hell will not stand against us, and the devil has to flee because the message we proclaim is the power of God unto salvation. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. It's the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes. Last point, and I'll close, or last statement. These guys go out, first missionary journey, sends them out two by two, these 12. They come back, and here's what they say. Lord, even the demons submit to us. And you know what Jesus said? Don't rejoice that the demons submit to you. What? But rather rejoice that your names are written in heaven. Does not that tell us again the priority? We saw that same priority when Jesus said to the paralytic, Mark chapter 2, Son, your sins are forgiven. So that you may know that the Son of Man has power and authority to forgive sins. I say to you, take your mat and go home. What was the priority? Him to be physically healed? No. Him to be forgiven. What's the priority? Not to go looking for demons. You go looking for demons, you're, you're weird. But as we go, as we're confronted by hell, hell has no power against this message that we share, that we proclaim. And as we share the message of the gospel, heaven is loosed and hell is defeated. Please never forget that. Our priority is to proclaim the gospel. And as we proclaim the gospel, the power of God will drive out the enemy. 
and save souls and raise up disciples who will then go out and the message will continue to spread. We're so thankful to be able to share the Word of God with you here on The Living Word. Thanks for being a part of our listening audience. If you want to hear today's message again, please visit ccfstpete.church. You can also join in our Bible reading plan. Just look under the Resources tab on our website for more information. As we wrap up our time with you today, we'd like to take a moment to ask you to partner with us here on The Living Word. Would you join with us in praying for the listeners of this program? You might not realize how powerful prayer can be, especially during such uncertain times. There might be a listener who's really struggling, and God might stir in their heart a renewal of their faith simply by listening to this program. Please pray that each person who hears these messages would find encouragement. Just as we're reminded in Mark, God came to earth as a human, suffered in all the ways we do, and ultimately came to redeem each one of us. That's the takeaway we hope every listener gains from tuning in. Please pray for us also to seek God's will for this program and for it to continue to reach people in a powerful way. Thanks for praying with and for us. With that, we've come to the end of our time with you today. Thanks for joining us as Pastor Danny continued looking at the book of Mark. We hope that you'll tune in again right here on The Living Word.